0: All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAWFRAN or go to lawfran.com. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast. This episode of the Garage Built Podcast was recorded in the Law Fran Studios. Call one eight six six Law Fran and follow at Fran Hosh Law Group on Instagram. We're brought to you by SNS Cycles since 1958. SNS has led the V twin aftermarket with innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin, to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsers, and M8s, to today's must have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit SSCycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at SSCycle. Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the Dragon. Dream Ride specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. Hey, the High Seas Rally is setting sail this October 29th through November 5th. It's the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. Join me and 3,500 bikers as we sail the High Seas and visit four Caribbean ports. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram and use the code SPEEDMETAL, and you'll save 100 bucks on your cabin when you book. We're also going to throw in that drink card for free this year. We're brought to you by 1620 Workwear Premium, made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620usa.com. Use our code SPEED2022, and you're going to save 20% at checkout. That is the biggest discount that 1620 offers to anyone. Make sure you're following 1620USA on Instagram, at 1620USA. Hey, today my guest is Josh Allison from American Metal Customs and you have seen this man's work he's been all over tv he used to be part of the team at orange county choppers super super talented guy we're very thankful to have him on here we're doing a uh, writing a bike feature for cycle source magazine and i sat down today with josh allison had a good conversation with him about what he's got going on he's got this new company up in danbury connecticut and uh real exciting stuff and i was excited to talk to him i'm glad to share it with you guys so let's get this thing Out of the garage and up on the street.
1: You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Josh, how are you? Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for doing this um, on such yeah. short notice. I've been working on this. My daughter's getting married this coming weekend, so uh, my head's not been where it's supposed to be. It's been up my ass. So,
1: <laughs> no, understandable. Uh, that's a big deal. Congrats.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, Heather had asked me to reach out to um, during right before the storm came, and so and and I. Just with that going on and everything that happened, I, I kind of missed the boat on it. But I looked at the pictures and the bike is outstanding. And, and I, I don't know who the photographer was this time, but, you know, sometimes th- the right photographer, the right bike, the right the right set of circumstances really lends itself to kind of an aura that the bike has. And yeah. uh, I'm really impressed with the bike, man. It looks really, really good. And, and let me just quantify that, that, you know, I look at a lot of bikes, I get asked to ride a lot of... Um, I get to ask i get asked to write a lot of uh features and stuff and when something when something comes across and i get a chance to um to to see something new from somebody who maybe you know i don't think we know each other um no
1: we've never met no uh-huh.
0: cool so this is all of this is 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 good because i get to see something from it gives me it gives me hope that our uh, that that all this work we've done in the last couple of decades, myself and Chris and guys like Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers, or Bare Knuckle Performance, as it's known nowadays, um, we get to see you know some some new young blood that uh, that's building some really really quality bikes and it re- it's really a nice bike, man.
1: Oh, thank you, man. Well, I I've been doing this for a long time, man. So it's like yeah, this has been a a big accumulation of a lot of my work and learnings as a metal shaper and a builder. And, you know, and also, you know, I've had, you know, mag- you know, features in the magazine with you guys in the years past too. So it's been a long-term relationship since Colorado with Cycle Source. So it's always an honor to be in there and support you guys too, man.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's something that, that really, um, I've tried so hard to uh, get everybody to understand is like the need that we have in this community for, motorcycle magazines and so this is the proof this 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 proves my point um as you said this is not something that you know this is this isn't new right you've been around for a long time so um and for me to not know who you are uh to not know you know not have heard of american metal customs um just goes proof proves to me that we need magazines and that my algorithm or or my Instagram feed looks different than yours. And we need to, we need to think a little bit further outside the box than, than just what's in our feed. So tell me a little bit about, tell me, give me some background on American metal customs.
1: So, you know, my story, like I said, is long. And, you know, when I was in Colorado, uh, primarily, you know, I was, you know, in a bunch of hot rod shops and, My last hot rod shop was The Forge and, you know, obviously building bikes and cars and whatnot. And then I ended up doing Crybaby Cycles. Crybaby Cycles took me to a really, uh, you know, different opportunity that I never thought would land. I've done some TV before in Colorado, but Paul from County Choppers reached out to me ended up doing that, that little journey down there from some seasons. And then I signed a two year contract with him to just come in there and be the lead builder, manage and help kind of transform that shop into what he wanted it to, you know, be originally not like corporate bikes and all that bullshit. Right. Anyway, through that whole thing, as my contract was winding down, um, and they were going to Florida, which I didn't want to do. Um, with what they had going on there, I was building the Tribute Easy Rider bike for a gentleman named uh, Chris Bishop. Okay, and so that was when COVID and everything was happening too. So it was a really weird time. Like the shop was dead. I mean, that was like when everything was locked down, and in New York City, in New York especially, the lockdowns were intense. You know? Yeah, they were. And so Chris would uh, come up once in a while kind of check on the progress of the bike and see what was going on. And anytime I, you know, I throw myself into a project that was another one where, you know, I know a lot of those easy Rider tribute bikes have been built, but I mean, I did a bunch of research, made sure, you know, I had all the right parts, real parts. There's a real panhead, real transmission, real shit, really trying to replicate what Peter Fonda had because Chris Bishop, had a signed helmet and a signed jacket from him and so we really wanted to make it something special so he was just coming in checking on the project and we'd be able to sit down and kind of chat and kind of opened up the conversation where he was just like man you know i've seen your work this is amazing i i love everything you're doing like what what are you doing next (laughs) (laughs) and it and it was kind of like oh i don't I don't know. Once again, life is changing and I, you know, here's kind of what my options are, but I'm I'm not sure, you know, and there might've been, you know, me and my wife were even thinking, well, maybe we just open up cry baby, maybe go back to Colorado. There was the Florida thing with Paul on the table and then Chris said, well, listen, man, you know, in Connecticut, you know, only an hour away from here. I've already opened up a company called North American motor car and um, you know, it's primarily, you know, car storage, it's detailing and we're building this world-class facility. And um, you know, I think with you, there's an opportunity to open up this whole custom side of it, what you've done in your life with your career, lead that up and we could do something awesome together. And I said, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't know this. And so we kind of started talking more and after, you know, us sitting down and, and just saying, Hey, I, I got kind of these visions and I know that you also have some thoughts too. We should put something together and, and do it. And I think it, I think a cool name could be American metal customs. And I said, you know what, man, I, uh, that's originally, you know, why I did cry baby. I'm a core roots, grassroots builder. It was all about the craft for me and the culture of it. It was never about anything else. You know, some of these opportunities just came in my, into my life. So I felt like it was the right move for me. So we moved down to Connecticut, um, and started this adventure with him. And so we teamed up and created American metal customs. And, um, we spent the last year and a half getting the doors open, getting the new facility opened, um, getting everything set up and, and ready to rock and roll. And so we had these buildings we were renting out here in Danbury. And it was just basically, you know, these little, you know, units you could, you could rent. And we had three of them. And one of those is, was the custom side of it. And, uh, just said, Hey, listen man, I I should build this incredible bike. I've had this idea in my head for a little bit and and, um it would be the first project that would really kick off American Metal Customs and show everybody what this new adventure is that I've been doing and and what you know, kinda what it's made of, you know. Right. And so that's where, you know, that's why that bike was created to represent the first thing that came out of the company.
0: Well, it's an exceptional bike. And, and the, the story, that's a really good story. I did not know that, uh, I know that, um, uh, Ryan from paper street had Ryan Gore had done some work with yeah. Paul and, and Paul has, you know, I, I don't know him. Um, he's uh-huh. only about 45 minutes away from where we're at here in Lakeland, Florida. And, okay. uh, I, I, what the long, the more time that goes by, the more I learn peripherally through, you know, just through happenstance, through conversations that I have with people that he's really um, interested in promoting himself, but in talent. Like when he finds somebody that's talented, I don't feel like he um, is preventing them from being who they can be. And there was a lot of that in the early days of of Orange County choppers when it was the Mike Campos and the Rick Petcos and the, um yeah. the Cody's. And I cannot remember the, the guy's name that worked there that, uh, we ended up being a bike builder himself a little while, a little while after that. Um, he built the Yankees bike when he was there. Um, his name will come to me, but there it's was been a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That,
0: that, that there was this accusation of stifle, stifling people and not letting them have their own identity and not letting them build. And there was all these rumors of non-competes and all this stuff. And I, I understand from a business standpoint, you know, you don't want someone to abscond with the stuff that they do while they're being paid to work for you. But at the same time, I think putting a lid on somebody or lowering the ceiling to a point to where they, they feel stifled is a bad thing. And I, I just don't see Paul doing that. He and I have a a very close mutual friend. That's an amazing world-class bike builder that, um, has nothing but good things to say about him. So I'm really, you know, at some point in time, I'd like to get over to Clearwater and have a conversation with with Paul because I think he's unduly and unjustly accused of not being somebody that really has moved the needle in this industry, and he he really has.
1: Well, I mean, it's a a long-winded conversation with him because I think at one point when they were in the thick of it and stuff, I think there was some of, hey, this is what we are, this is what we're doing and and I think there was a driving force then, especially when Junior was with him. Yeah. And then after that breakup with Junior, I think it really uh, it, it lended himself to open his eyes to the to the industry more. And also too, you know, one of the things I will say about him is his core roots is you know his core bikes and shoppers. It, you know the corporate America thing was TV and and a lot of money, just to be sure. frank. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that's what they decided to do, and it was easy, and it was it was just what 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 his career led to, and that's how you know me and Ryan and and now Ryan met Paul is when he called me in to do the seasons. I obviously you know we were building a bike every you know thirty to you know maybe forty days, so I needed to call in a helper, so I called in Ryan, and we did that season together and. And, you know, it was a really cool time and it, it was fun. And we were cranking out bikes that we were proud of, you know. And then so, yeah, that relationship with Ryan has continued on. And even when I was there with Paul, when I built Malibu Honey for Born Free 12, you know, I did that independently. And he was like, oh, that's great, man. You know, you should do that. You you know, back to what you were saying. He never, he never said, well, no, you can't do that because, you know, you have a contract with us.
0: Right, and, and that's even when that never
1: happened, that's what you said. You know, he understood where 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 I came from in my career and and the bikes I built and where it would have happened. He never was just like, oh you know, he, he understood uh, that it was time for us to part ways and what he was doing in his lottery years now is different than what he was doing before. So yeah, it was always a good relationship and, and we always had a really good time and, and it, it was fun, man. It, w- it was some good years there. I really feel like the what? best, the, the best outcome, uh, going into
0: any business partnership is, uh, I'll call it a prenup, but a, a predetermined point where we're going to discuss parting company so that If we set those parameters, like I I always kid around, I've been married. You said you were married. I don't know how long you've been married, but I've been married 28 and a half years. And I I always kid around and I say, marriage should be like a sports contract. We're going to sign for five, right? You're going to get a signing bonus. I'm going to get a signing bonus. You know, maybe I want a new Corvette and maybe you want a new diamond ring. Right, we're going to do this for another five years, and then we're going to contractually at five years, we're going to start having the conversations and see do we want to re up for another five years. And I kid, uh, that's obviously not um, a realistic point point of view. But when you go into a business, I think you know I've I've started several companies, and you know you always go in with all this enthusiasm. And and when you're younger, I don't know how old you are, but when I was when I was thirty and forty two, okay, so you're uh, seven years younger than me. So not, not that much younger than me when I was 30. And I started, um, when I was 30, you were 23. So you were pretty young and I started into business with somebody who was your age and man, we were just so excited. I was so glad to meet somebody who I thought, you know, thought on the same wavelength and finished my sentences and completed me and really wanted the same things. And then, you know, we get, Two, three, four years into working together, and we realized that we liked very different bikes. We liked very different events. We liked very different people. We became yeah. very different people. And at five years, unfortunately, uh, it was not an. Am- it was six years in, no, four, four or five years in. It was not an amicable parting. And today we're tight. We've we've reconciled. We've had a, a you know had our differences, but we've been apart thirteen years. We were together for five. So that tells you that I mean a lot can happen in that amount of time. And so I think it's good that you said that he's, you know, he's the, the older you are, the wiser you are. And, and that
1: just, yeah.
0: that, that, that just plays into it. Um, yeah.
1: He's been around a long time, you know, so he's seen a lot of ups and downs. He's seen a lot of shit. And, and that was his original idea on the newer seasons But like Evan was a part of, and you know, me and, you know, and Ryan and some of these other guys, as it was trying to showcase talent and he, he appreciates it, which I always like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the guys that are in your, um, in what I'll consider, like, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard this podcast or not before, but I talk about like, we put people, you know, like you're, you probably graduated what in, uh, 2000, 2002 or something from high school, somewhere. Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. 99. So you graduated 99. You're the class of 99. I'm the class of 91. Right. So, but in the bike business, there's, there's the the, the Ness and the Perowitz right. And then there's the, yeah. then there's the, um, the Pat Kennedy's and, and, you know, and then you, as you get closer to the nineties and then at the late nineties, you get Jesse and Billy in the early two yeah. thousands, you know, you have all this, these people. So you, the class of people that are building bikes that are, that are your age and have been in, in this industry, as long as you have, you guys have this innate artistic ability to make things work properly and still have an artistic flair to them. I love the bike um, that, that I'm looking at the pictures of that we're writing the, the feature on. What, what's the name of this bike? Do you have a name for it? The Disciple.
1: What's that? It's called The Disciple.
0: Oh, The Disciple, okay, very good. So The Disciple yeah. has like this, Don't and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, it has a very European feel to it with the organic use of different types of metals. And what I mean by that is um, if you look at the way things are in Europe, like the architecture and the materials that they built Europe, because Europe's so much older than the United States. That's the one thing yeah. I learned when I went over there. It's like, you know, having dinner in a place that had been open for 500 years opposed mm-hmm. to having dinner at a place that had been open 50 years here, you know?
1: 50. 50- oh, yeah. What we consider old is nothing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you happen to live in the oldest part of the country. So- yeah. you have a better feel for that warmness that those different types of metals give off and this bike has such a warm warm tone to it i just i absolutely love looking at stuff like this you know even though it's not like this is not the type of bike that you know i like a a, a, you know big evo motor and uh and you know billet and all that stuff because that's what i came up on but this is so organic and beautiful looking tell me a little bit about the bike starting at the back and, and working the way front
1: so it was one of those things in my life that when I really started getting into building bikes, one of the things, you know, of course, my influences growing up, like you said, Jesse James was a big one, is, is handcrafted parts meant everything to me. You know, there's a lot of dudes that build bikes, and I'm not saying they're bad bikes or anything, but, you know, you're, 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 you're buying things and you're bolting them together to create something that might be similar. And right. I always wanted to try to separate myself in it, and I also just loved metal shaping and then what like it's funny that you brought up europe and it's funny you bring up architecture and all because that's been a big influence in in my path you know originally what i wanted to be was an artist i studied a lot of these places i studied a lot of culture and, and and artists through different you know countries and so that was one of the things that the mixed metals were a big deal so that's something i've tied into all my bikes from the beginning and this one i wanted to have the same tone to that and that was really important to me along with the vintage motors, you know, and I understand performance like anybody else. And I get it, you know, Evos shit, rock the shit out of them and not have to do anything. But there's such a thing about the history of Harley, the history of America with that and the history of, you know, when they did those motors, like the knuckle, they were so wild looking, they were so different. And so that, is to me my favorite motor. And uh, that's always the fundamental part of all of these bikes is what are you going to build around? So it started with the knuckle and I found that knuckle in New York. Um, the mid Phillips, the, I, that's somebody I got to know through orange County choppers. They're amazing. You know, do amazing restorations, vintage guys. So he reached out to me with the motor and it's an OEM built 1941 EL. And nice. so it was a very, very special rare motor. That's a wartime motor almost impossible to find these days. And then, you know, I just did a straight leg uh frame, which is, you know, very, you know, it's just your straightforward knuckle stuff. But one of the things I also loved about that era of Harley was all the beautiful castings that they've done on their frames. And the castings to me are just so crazy. You know, I've built a bunch of frames, you know, there's a lot of amazing frame guys out there, but Harley always just separated themselves, I thought, a little bit with some of that. And it kinda toned in with the motor so that was the choice there. And then, you know, I always start with the gas tank. And the gas tank's such a fundamental part of the artistic side and look of the bike for me. It sets the tone of everything. Right. And back in the fifties, Schwinn had their little their little bikes that they did and it had that false little gas tank on it. And it had those these really cool wings. And um, as a kid that always just stuck with me how cool those Schwinn bikes were and it always felt like a motorcycle but it wasn't and and so I thought, man, this is a really cool, cool kind of way to start on this and having having that influence that I want go through the whole bike. And it's funny because bringing up that, um, that, that European style is I didn't want to do a chopper this time. I didn't want something with high bars, high exhaust. And so it kind of did have that tone. You read into that beautifully. And so after, you know, I wanted to do a split-style gas tank, And then the gas tank is, once I get that all ready, uh-huh. A lot of fabrication went into that tank too. I mean, that was some serious hours making that tank. Then, then that sets the tone for the next piece. And then the next piece to me is the rear fender. And that rear fender is the same thing I wanted to pull in that Art Deco vibe. Um, once again, handcrafted, all, all made from hand. And it's a one-piece fender, which is super, extremely hard to make. Then I get my lights from uh, the Light Asylum. He is another dude that gets these uh, crazy rare lights from all over the world. A lot of them come from Europe. And uh, so he reached out and said, dude, I got this tail light. This is absolutely amazing. So then that whole rear fender section was built on concept, off the look of that light. How do I make that light pull through and then fill, feel, feel, you know, cohesive with the rest of the bike? And then uh, basic strut design. And then that took me into the oil tank. You know, and the oil tank once again just plays off those parts on making it once again all feel like it's it's one piece. Um, the seat was cool, and usually I don't do branding on bikes, but I thought with that oil tank and seat, it kind of complemented some branding of the American Metal, you know, insignia, and, and that's where it all yeah, sure it was
0: done very tasteful way to put a yeah. moniker on there without junking it up.
1: Yeah, because I, I you know I don't like that stuff, and usually that you know just doesn't fit right to my style but I thought this made sense and once again it was supposed to be a bike that was branded you know to show the company's value and work and what I was doing there so I did that and then the rest of it you know the bars the front end the exhaust you know all the other handcrafted parts and everything that's on that bike just naturally flows and you know I get inspiration from like I said the last part I did um, I really wanted to use, normally I make my own, you know, handmade springers. I've done a lot of different front end variations and stuff, but on this one, I thought that leaf front, front end really complemented the look of it and, uh, kind of add homage to once again, European bikes, old Indians and stuff like that that I really love. Um, and yeah, man, uh, I wanted, uh, another thing I wanted to do on this bike that I typically don't use, I wanted to put a little bit of performance to it. So that being a stock knuckle, I put a, a Baker six into four transmission in there to get those higher gears if you really wanted to get after it. Right. Um, I did a dual caliper rear brake. Which obviously, wanted to stop. I mean, my personal bike is a forty-six knuckle chopper that I did uh, for Born Free. And is that the uh, is again. that the aqua colored green one? No, that that's another one. That okay. was my Born Free ten bike. That's the King Nothing Bobber. My forty-six knuckle. And it has mechanical knuckle brake on it, which I love. But, uh, you know, stopping power <laughs> is sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, And, you know, I hate front brakes and all that because it kills the look of it. So anyway, on this, I, those are some performance, you know, things I wanted to do to make the bike, you know, go. And it does. You know, people don't realize with an old M35 blinkered and a knucklehead, if, if you if you do the right gearing on it, and you put the right transmissions behind it, you know, this bike will click belong at 77. Seventy-five miles an hour, which is plenty fast for a bike like this, you know.
0: I would agree with that, and I have to tell you that I, 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 I don't want you to think that I don't have appreciation for it. If I was going to, if you said, listen, you just want con- a contest, and you get to pick any factory Harley Davidson made from from day one, uh, it would be, I would probably pick a knucklehead. And then my second one would be probably a seventy-three Superglide. and my rationale behind that is I don't think there's a better-looking engine ever manufactured by any company for anything. This includes Pratt and Whitney and some of their radial stuff, and which uh, I, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about that too, and kind of see where where your head is on that kind of stuff. But some of the, you know, um, World War Two, pre-World War Two airplane stuff is just some of the yeah. most amazing engineering and aesthetically raw mechanical things i've ever seen but I, oh my god yeah dude i uh, knuckleheads i love knuckleheads and and i'm going to tell you i'm going to cheat at some point in time i'm going to put an sns knuckle in something just because i like sns stuff i want something i can i can ride you know anywhere and and i know that to make an old knucklehead work you have to forget some of the prudent engineering things that, you know, um they don't they don't like to- close tolerances. They they need room
1: to breathe. Yep, they you, need, you yep, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny you said that. Malibu honey that's the seafoam green bike you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um that's a 93 inch S&S uh, cubic, you know, 93 inch cubic knucklehead motor that's in that one with another Baker, and I call that a hot rod. I mean, dude, that bike fucking rips, dude. Oh yeah. I mean, those the, those those motors are amazing, and so there's a place for all of that,
0: you know. And it's nice that you say that because a lot of people, you know, and I don't see it in your generation, but in your, you know, you're kind of just just right behind mine. Like you guys are very open minded and very. Uh, you know, you guys aren't the guys that are running around wearing dirty jeans and dragging behind the making things look older than what they are and then posting your life on on a fifteen hundred dollar iPhone pretending it's 1977. You guys are doing quality <laughs> engineering yeah. and making things that, by and large, uh, didn't work well enough to stay relevant um, you're making it safe. You're making it work well. You're re-engineering yeah. things. And you mentioned the castings. Absolutely, the castings. I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful frame. When you look at any rigid Harley from the factory that has the the rear-casted yeah. dropouts and the casted neck, it's amazing looking.
1: But listen, I mean, why is the wheel sometimes. And I think that's what's uh, done a lot of times, too, here, is, like, once again— I've built frames so you know, most guys that's a part of their DNA is true custom bike builders and stuff and there's a time and a place for it, but sometimes just using what, you know, history has created in this industry is sometimes wins over, you know, and I would agree. And I've I've always appreciated that side of it too. And you know, when you when you look at where we are right now as a whole in the motorcycle community, you know, and the people that influence me, and I do that, I give mad respect to all these guys we were just talking about and stuff. But the game has since risen insanely on the handcrafted and metal shaping and just, you know, fabrication levels. If you look at Sosa Metalworks, if you look at Max, on. if you look at, you know, C.T. Newman, you know, and all these dudes, I mean, it's like, holy shit. I mean, things are getting taken to a different level of not only the design and thought process and influencing, but the craft of what motorcycle building is. And, you know, even from a guy that has a heavy handed influence and culture and cars and stuff like that too you know it's the same thing and building cars all those years and hot rods which i still do helped me also up the game on bikes because it's such a complicated thing to build a car you know and and a lot of that you can i've pulled from to put into bikes on some of some of the things i've done and then you get into the engineering side and we'll just use CT newman for example i mean doing bikes, you know, him and, and Hawk from finish. I was just going to say Hawk Lachey. When they yep. start, yeah, Hawk's one of my good friends. I love that guy. And, you know, then you got those guys, you know, not so much on the handcrafted fab metal like me, but taking motors and trannies and shit and brakes, doing things that the industry has not seen and like, you know, and it functions, it, it, it's wild. It is and C.T. Newman makes my head hurt. uh, Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's a, he's, he's he's a, he's a genius. He's smart as shit. And then we go to these shows together. We always see each other in the, in that culture community and (laughs) it influences us and we push off each other and it's just raised this game. And so, It's a, it's a great time to be building, you know, bikes with all the wonderful things that are happening right now.
0: You had mentioned earlier, um, you know, when you talked about there is, there was two, there's, there's really three ways that people build bikes, not two. There's people like you that are handcrafted, handcrafted, handcrafted. Mm -hmm. Then there's guys that do purchase parts from other people and modify them so that they look handcrafted or so that they fit. And then there's the third guy who God love them because they're, some of them are my customers and everybody has to start somewhere where they buy all the requisite parts, but they don't know how to make them go together in a fluid fashion. And those bikes stick out very much. And and I'll give you a good example. You brought up Jesse James. I have three shop built Jesse James motorcycles in our showroom. I have an El Diablo rigid. Uh I have the second uh surges special that was built the green one and i have uh the black cfl that i think dita von Teese did the it was in the calendar it was a black and purple one when when you look at those bikes compared to a cfl that was ordered from jesse the frame and back when the shop was uh still in long beach and order every part that west coast choppers would sell you and bolted together it still wasn't a shop built bike from 10 feet away because you know, people thought that he, you know, oh, someone ordered a CFL. Cool. Send down a set of Hellbents, send down uh, one of our tanks, send down a seat, send down two fenders. That's not the way it was done. It was done the way you do it. It was done. Yeah. All of the sheet metal was made for each bike. All the pipes were made for each bike. Yeah. He used the fixtures and stuff, but the fit and finish was, was done in Long Beach in their shop. And so, I don't want to besmirch anybody or discourage anybody. What I want to do is encourage people to look at your work and look at the work of some of the other people that uh, you mentioned, Hawk Lachey, uh, C.T. Newman. I don't know if you're familiar with Solace Metal Shaping. Um, that's, yeah. a, that's a good friend yeah. of mine. and He worked for Jesse and he worked for Ness and immensely and, uh, I mean, talented.
1: And, and- and then there's, I mean, like I said, there's a next nice level. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you follow some metalworks. Oh that, yeah, that guy's amazing, I, I unbelievable. Mean, yeah, one once again, one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. But two, I mean, it, it's just a different level, and also, and that's what I'm trying to do in my in, in my craft. It's a different thought process, process of the designer what a bike should look like mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that i you know that you, you you hit on hugely with that jesse james comment having a bike look like it's cohesive like that it all came from one place is super important and i see every part that should be made should you know complement the next one there should be a thought process so that yeah when you are done it doesn't feel like huh what's going on here you know what i'm saying and right. yeah there, there there is a lot of that because what people don't understand is the design and how you think about it and your influences absolutely matters on the finished product of how that bike is done. And like you said, you can take all the coolest handcrafted parts you want in the world. You know, I send tanks all over the country and the world for people to build, but if you can't build that whole bike to complement that flow of that tank, it still won't make sense. Even no, I might've put a hundred hours into it, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that, yeah, I, I definitely, it definitely works hard on to try to to try to make it make sense and fit together nice. There's, I don't think people understand how much work and thought process go into. Or we all talk about it as builders. How many times like maybe we'll redo something that you know the public just doesn't get to see. That was uh, the, oh, that's a big work. thing. This, this work, yeah. But we just keep hammering out. You don't just build something and say, "Well, it's pretty close," to throw it on there. You fucking start all over. Yeah. You know, I don't think people grab that.
0: <laughs> you have to be, a, you have to be willing to throw something away. And, and I learned that I, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I learned some, that's what I learned from Jesse. It's either perfect or it's crap.
1: It's black and white. Yeah. There is yes. no, either it works or it doesn't.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you either compromised and, and pulled a fast one on somebody and, and snuck it through, or, you know, that it's, it's done to you, to the, and I think being done to the best of your ability is as perfect as anybody can ever ask themselves to be. And what I mean by that is like, you know, your skill set is today what it is based off of all the projects, uh, part and parcel that you've been involved in your entire career. Right.
1: Yeah. And all the work that goes into it, that you, the learning, you know, it doesn't happen overnight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's no cheat code. There's no No, no cheat code.
1: There's no Russia code, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. And you know yeah. and, I, and, and i and i look at guys like you and sosa and and Solis and and ct newman and and that's what i was trying to I, I wanted to compliment i hope it came off as a compliment i wanted to compliment the the people that do what you guys do because i don't i'm a mechanic first you know i mean everything that i do has to be mechanically sound yeah. and then and Which then it so looks important. okay yeah but you guys have a way of of fluidity in your projects that I, I don't, I hats off to you guys and you guys leave things raw. So if it's a fuck up, (laughs) there's no, there's no blemishing. You go back and you go back and you go back. I can't, it's painstaking. And I don't think people, I hope people appreciate that. I hope people appreciate that.
1: I think some do, some don't, you know, I think that's a part of what we do in our craft that we put that time in and that effort, you know, for us and, you know, and, to get respect from others you know i it's so funny too in the industry too because it dude it, it feels great to you know get invited to board Free to be a builder it feels great to win awards and do all this stuff we do and it's a part of we do it for our businesses and whatnot but the biggest reward is when we'll just use you know so so somebody comes up to you and looks at your shit and says holy shit man this is fucking killer that it's the respect from the industry and the compliments from other builders that keep us pushing and keep us going you know that's why and I it, think it, that
0: room at fucking Sturgis is so important that Michael Lichter puts together because it is mm-hmm. only people who are in the know and maybe a guest or two of those people. But I, you know, I always tell people like, I don't care, like just, I, I don't want to be anybody but myself. Everybody else is already taken and, I get that yeah, Jesse James is, yeah, Jesse James is world famous, and he's very wealthy because of his world fame and his hard work, and all the the choices that he made, and all the things he's done, and all the you know all the giving back that he's given to the industry. Whether whether he sees it as giving back or not, he's inspired a lot of people. Um, I always play to the back of the room. It means more to me that somebody in in my in my industry or you know uh, does what I do and knows how hard it is for me to get to where I am at cuz I think hard work comes through in the final product that's what I mean when I say like there's a difference between bolting something on and buying something mm-hmm. and modifying it so that it fits properly and then doing a the new finish yeah. to it you know what I mean and I think it's yeah. so important to play to the back of the room and it's very good that you touched on that that's a super super important thing and it's also a little gratitude goes a long way and if you can yeah. Put that kind of gratitude back to somebody. I mean, you know how you feel when somebody compliments you that that knows how hard it was or knows how hard you worked. If just when you give somebody an accolade or a nod or a shout out or, and, and, you know, and tell them, hey, man, I really think this is great. And you see, you see them kind of, you know, their shoulders kind of go back a little bit and they're thankful. And that means so much because I'm telling you, dude, in all these years I've been doing it, I have given people compliments. And they've looked at me and it wouldn't have mattered that I gave them a compliment. They could give a shit less because I wasn't somebody they
1: already knew. Do you, you well, follow what I mean by yeah. that? Yeah, you're No, you're 100% right, dude. And, and, you know, and I think that's where it's a very popular industry into. too, you know, there's, there's so many shows going on. There's so many things that are getting pushed with builders and, you know, or, you know, Bitwell's People's Champion and all this and it's giving all these people a big swing which is amazing but also too it's like it also is a massive I've been to a lot of shows where you get these parking lots everyone just pours their bike out there and and you can be next to one of the best builders in the country and not even realize it and they don't even they don't even know that and so that builder just like you said might come up and be like hey holy shit good job and they they don't care because they don't know or they're they're not they're not paying attention you know, do you do you, do you see what's going on here? Yeah, and 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 you're right, man. You're right, dude. And I, it should be more respect and and less egos and love, dude. Like you <laughs> should love. still
0: love motorcycles enough to where yeah. when you see yeah. a cool one, go, man, I fucking love that. Like I didn't, yeah. I wouldn't have known what Hawk Lachey looked like if he had walked up to me and and you know and punched me in the face. I had no idea, but yeah. I will tell you that when he built that first bike with the exposed engine, I was. I fucking sat down and watched the, 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 it was before reels on Instagram. I sat down and watched that thing over and over and over. And I'm texting Cody Childress, like who's one of my builder friends who's been doing this for a long time. I'm like, what in the actual fuck is happening here? And, um, and then I, I met him a couple of years ago or it was the year before, not this year, the year before at TMMR. And I was like, Hey man, I, I just got to come up and tell you, like, I fucking love your work. I think you are. Honestly. And at the time, that's how I felt. I felt like he was the absolute fucking the G like it was his time. He had come out and done something that I had never seen and never heard about. And I said, dude, you're the fucking baddest motherfucker on the planet right now. And I love this fucking bike. I love your work. I think it's fucking great. And the dude was yeah, like his
1: motor influence is huge, you know, and, and he, he just took a whole different look at what you could do with a Harley motor. And I think it, it was it was brilliant. And. And he, he laid his stamp down and it was, it was awesome. I mean, fuck. And then after that he won born free three times in a row. Yeah. I mean, so it, it was awesome to see those things happen as well, you know, with, with builders that have, you know, would change the game on that and he was a big part of that, you know?
0: Yeah. When But what I was going to say is like, so if you want to talk about feeding your ego and and wanting to feel good about what you do, go give somebody like Hawk Lachey a compliment and see what it means to him. And have him, I mean, dude, you would have thought that I walked up and handed him a ten foot trophy, and he—I don't know if he knew who I was or not at all—and it didn't really matter. He, the gratitude that he showed me just by complimenting him, made me feel like, fuck, man, you're. You're an important human being to this guy right now that doesn't even fucking know you because you gave him a compliment and he appreciated that much and it really, it it really made me feel good, dude.
1: And there's a lot of those dudes out there. Like I said, you know, if you look at Sosa and you know Max and a lot of these dudes that you know, once again, we see each other at all these shows. They're the nicest, most humble dudes. They're fun. We all sit down, you know, have fun. We party together. It's a whole community of it, and I and I think that's where. You know, there's that bigger community out there, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't see it. You know, a lot of people, they don't have the ability to go sometimes nationally, you know, or, you know, to see these shows and to meet these builders. And I understand that that's hard and not everybody can do it. But, you know, a lot of these big shows, like I said, where they just throw a bunch of bikes in the parking lot, sometimes that gets missed on like some of these more intimate shows where, yeah, you can hang out with Hawk, go see this amazing bike. And the dude will hang out with you all night too. Yeah, he you doesn't, know, it, and he it, doesn't
0: want anything other than, I mean, he doesn't want more accolade. He just wants to have a good time. And,
1: no, you know, that's all we all want, dude. You yeah. know, when after we, you know, you work for all this time building one of these bikes and the blood, sweat, and tears and all the fucking money and shit that goes into it. When we go to these shows, dude, it's like, it's our break. It's our vacation. It's, it's fun time, man. You know, that that that's what it's about, you know? And then having that camaraderie and respect for your fellow builder and having fun and, and getting to see a little bit more intimate side of it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people just don't understand, you know, who a lot of these people are behind these bikes. You know, because like you said, Instagram's such a driving force on you only get to see one side of things, you know.
0: Yeah, well you only get to see what your what your algorithm or your clicks tell yeah. tell them to create for you. So in, in your generation of builders, the guys that you mentioned are doing the best job I've seen in my time in this industry at propping each other up and not not being mean to each other, not looking over the fence to see who's got greener grass, not talking shit about people. I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw the shit that happened this weekend on Instagram, but, you know, um, Jesse posted a picture of him and Eddie Trotta together. And there were some dudes that have been around this industry for a long time that jumped on that and said that, you know, they don't, they, they, it, it, I'm not gonna say who it was or what, but it just showed the lack of empathy and the lack of understanding and the lack of care for their position, their own position in the industry. And like, if you think that you're gonna get to a certain point and you don't, you don't know how to pay things forward, and you don't know how to be thankful and show gratitude for the people that made this industry be there for you so that it was there, so you could do it, so you could make a living, even if it's, a, you know as well as I do, you don't make a lot of money doing this. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard Yeah, if you're not willing to show a little gratitude and keep your mouth shut, well shame on you. Shame on you for that. And shame on you for not understanding how wonderfully important the 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 first ride when you create a machine like this is to that builder. You know it really is.
1: So did you know how Go ahead. No, no, I, yeah, I, I, I I agree. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Did you, uh, does the disciple, was that built, you said that was built to showcase, you know, kind of the new direction that your, your, your new American metal, uh, customs is going in, uh, being a new, a new enterprise. Is this, the? is this bike, uh, is it sold? Is it, is it somebody else riding it or is it something that's going to stay in the family or
1: or what? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Once again, having it, you know, kind of be what, you know, I don't know what the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the slogan bike or once your again, your calling card. Face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was once again to show, you know, the, where we're going, what, what, what I'm capable of doing. And here's the direction of this company because there's a lot of companies that come out every year. It's a lot of competition and there's a lot of builders out there. And so it was like, hey, man, I just want to do this and, and to kind of show it. So the bike. Um, I'll live with the shop and I think that it'll probably stay stay within the shop just to build a to showcase, you know, it's in the showroom floor and just to kind of have that, you know, that calling card. And when you look at, you know, why, you know, I named it the disciple was because of that, you know, a disciple is one that goes out and basically believes in a doctrine or something that somebody's doing and it goes out and it spreads the, the word, right? right read that message and so that's what that bike was supposed to do and you know it's it's been to a lot of shows and you know very honored to have it win the magazine with you guys and so yeah it'll probably be something that that, that stays within the shop when you look at when you
0: look at your body of work is there is there anything that stands out as um something that i i I don't want to take anything away from anything that you're doing now. I don't want to take anything away from anything you've done for a client, but is there something that's ever been a passion project of yours or a project that you took on and something happened along the way that made it a little more of a spiritual journey than just, than just a bike build? And and if there has been, can you tell me a little bit about that? What the muse was for that?
1: I don't know. It's kind of funny because every time I go to build a bike, it seems like it's, Uh, kind of for something or there's something special a little bit with it. You know, when I did the King Nothing Bobber, you know, that was, that was a big one too. You know, that's when I was at Crybaby, and that was all the years of my life working up, you know, to be able to get a, a knuckle because they're so goddamn expensive and hard to find. <laughs> and that was my, you know, <laughs> I'm like, gonna you Fuck, I'm going to send you
0: something right now. I'm glad you said that. Let me stop real quick. Cause I'm going to send you a text right now that hopefully you can get on your phone. And I want you to, I want, I want your natural response to that. This was, I was on a trip in 2016 visiting England and I was looking on Craigslist. And I want you to see this, this, that I just sent you and tell me what you
1: tell me. Yeah. 21,000,
0: 2100.
1: Oh, 2100. Oh, I read it wrong. Oh yeah. That's like 3,500 like, bucks, dude. Yeah. I found like that's four of them while I was there. Well, we could get so off track cause I have a really funny stories about Europe and this whole thing we tried to do, trying to get knuckle motors over there, but it was such a nightmare because one of my old school buddies. And and Colorado tapped onto that too. And he's like, dude, have you ever looked at the market over there? I mean, he literally wanted to get on a plane, go over there, and try to hoard these knuckles and then get them back over here because they were so freaking cheap. Yep. But that's also a whole endeavor within itself too, you know? Yeah. If it was that easy, everybody would do it, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah. That's what we found out, but that's (laughs) hilarious that you just sent me that, you know, and, and these motors, I mean, you know, I'll just be straight up with you, you know, that disciple motor, and it's a complete OEM built knuck. Like I said, I mean, it was $25,000, dude. I mean, it just, nothing, nothing in that realm. Is, is cheap and it keeps getting more expensive. So, back to that, that King Nothing, It was that was the first time to be able to get to that point and it had to break the bank on that bike too. It was a personal build I was doing. Crybaby was fairly new then and that was my first time as an invited builder for Born Free. And So, that bike meant a lot to me. The struggles of being able to find the parts and pieces, being able to afford it. I mean, once again, like probably went too hard on it. You know, that's when you start putting like, Oh man, you start putting sorry, retirement baby. money
0: into You start putting your yeah, retirement like, money sorry, into it. We're
1: sandwiches <laughs> this week because this knuckle motor is like, Oh fuck, you know, <laughs> it's all this shit. So that bike was a really, really special bike to me. And that one, you know, was a big movement for me again in the industry. And, and I don't know, it just, it kind of hit home on how personal it was because I think of some of the effects then in, in our lives, but mm-hmm. every bike to me, I think that's, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. So every bike has a special thing to me. And every time I do a bike, there's always a part of it or something that, that is very intimate to me. And I mean, the Disciple was too. It was another bike of like, all right, I've, I've experienced all these things in my life, whether it's been, you know, traveling, whether it's been TV, all the things that the industry has done for me. And this is my final leg. you know, we've put down roots and at my age and with my son here. American medals is, you know, this is, this is it. This so this is, is make it or, this is
0: make it or break it.
1: Danbury, yeah, Connecticut, and right? So that disciple was, you know, like I said, everything in my career that I built up to, it was a very special bike. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if there's a specific one that's just like, oh, dude, this this one thing, because they all have something to me.
0: Well, I mean, so that's, that's, that's very key. And, and, you know, I, something else that I noticed that you're the, the circle of, of guys that you mentioned in, in the, the people that are actually have the talent to do what you're doing, you are your own community. You have your own uh, your own uniform that you wear. You have your own tools that you use. It's very different from the stuff that uh, that the people that I came up in the industry with. And you guys definitely approach this from art first. And I, I don't. I, I mean that in a in a in a very very good term. I do not mean that in a pejorative sense. The art of your bike. I mean, there is not an incorrect line when I'm looking at the disciple, and I've looked at all of the pictures oh, that are going in there, and it's it's very, very um, it, from front to back. You know, I always look at the at, at the bike, and I'll look at the I'll put my hand over the front front half of the bike and look at the back half, and then I'll look at the back half of the bike. And there's a lot of bikes out there, man, that the front is stunning on its own and the back is stunning on its own but when you pull your hand away and look at the the sum of the parts something's missing you know or something was there where you could tell that they either a ran out of money ran out of enthusiasm or they were started working outside of their skill set and i i don't see something with this i mean everything that's there is very purposeful
1: well thank you and it's, you, you read into the craft and the industry beautifully and it's you obviously have an you know a good eye and a sense for this stuff cuz i think you once again just sit on things anything in this world that's worth anything takes time and i think our guy's do they they do get into something they start off really hot and it does it does go away or they realize oh man this is harder than i thought or or money or, or whatever it is so i do think you're right i do think a lot of projects honestly kind of lose that luster after a while you know and i think that's where guys like me i mean i'm obsessed with this it's night and day breathe it do it i mean dude for the longest time it was building hot rods and cars all day long on my lunch breaks build a bike on the weekend, build a bike after work, build a bike. And you just literally in the industry, you work around the clock because you're so fucking passionate about it. And not everybody has that. And that's okay. I'm not saying that everybody doesn't need that. You know, it's fine. But I think that with all the guys we talked about and, you know, and in the past too with Jesse and those guys that set the stage, that's what it was. It was obsession. It was something that you just, you'd never stopped on until the bike was done and the bike had to be done Right. And I think that's an important thing for, you know, when I talk to younger guys or we go out to Born Free and talking to the people champs, guys of, yeah, man, from the moment you start to the moment you stop, it's got to be that same level of passion. And you can tell the dudes that have that. Yep. You know, you can tell dudes that have that, like, just fire in them. And I want to hit on one more thing that I think is very important. And I think you'll 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 understand this, too, saying, you know, your, your mechanic and your mechanic love is everything – that as art in design is obviously this, a lot of the dudes and myself that we push, but without functionality, what is it? It's, it's nothing. It, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just art yeah, and it, it's a non-functional art piece. Yeah. And this is where I get a little bit, you know, crazy and tight and as Hawk and a lot of his motors, and I'm not talking shit at all, but a lot of that stuff, I mean, there's a functionality to it, but a, but a little bit of a functionality to it. You know, these aren't bikes that you can just jump on and just like, hey, I'm going to go ride for four or five hours or I'm going to go take this trip on, right? No. You know, and so and one of the things I've worked really hard on and a lot of times why I find these vintage motors, but I don't go completely, you know, nutty with them is because these are bikes that all the bikes I've done and I and I've proven this with a lot of them, but you can jump on these bikes and you can actually go ride them they're actually writable. I mean, that disciple, especially some of the first times we we're filming with it, I had to write it all day long, starting and stopping going. There'd be long ride sections where I would write it for, you know, an hour or two. I mean, all these things that I build, I try really hard to make sure it's a functioning machine because if they go out into that world, if someone buys them, that wants to beat the shit out of them. I have to make sure that it actually is going to do what it's supposed to do. And that's, be a motorcycle right yeah and so that's one of the things i keep trying to push is you can make these beautiful handcrafted machines that look the apart they're very intense on design that are handcrafted but this bike's going to start it's going to go and, and it's going to be able to ride it if you really want to and comfortably and so I, I really work on a lot of that how does that seat hold me how do my legs fit to the controls is are my hands going to fucking vibrate and fall apart in a half an hour because the bars are so high how how is all this actually going to work? And I think that's another thing too. When people see my end product, I want that to be a part of my story too. Is man, that fucking thing's amazing. But also, you can ride it. And so I try to do a lot of videos, and we try to put out a lot of content of that rideability of it. Not just down your street when the bike's done, but like you're out there in the world, and you can ride this bike. This bike will actually go fast. This bike will actually stop. This bike will function all day.
0: Well, there's a couple of things you touched on there. So I want to get back to something you had mentioned about being odd. So here's the one word I would use to describe um, your generation of builders that are out there right now. is it, it's, you, um, it's not one word. It can't be. Uh, it's honesty, integrity, and um, drama-free. Like you guys, that's why TV, that's why people don't understand why the TV model that was created by Discovery Channel doesn't work today is because you guys in your group of, of people, and this is people from, you're from Colorado. There's people from, you know, Solus is from Lithuania. I don't know where Solus is yeah. from, but there's people all over the country. You're not interested in the drama bullshit, throwing tools and all that stuff. And that's what worked 20 years ago, right? And so yeah. you guys have effectively killed TV by not being full of shit. And, and listen, <laughs> I'm unabashedly, admittedly, I would love to have my own TV show and it would do it very different than, than anything. Um, I want to have a a motorcycle TV show that you would, you would watch on Sunday mornings with your kids. You know what I mean? An hour long program where I show you a new product, I show you a project you can do in a weekend, and then we're going to go back to this long-term project. So it's very much in that, that, that uh, Nashville network kind of space, but motorcycle related. Yeah. The other thing yeah. is, is, is the level of authenticity that you guys bring. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have a, a huge car history. I, I grew up in Detroit, and so I, right. I, I spent many, many, many moons, decades in, in the car, active in car racing and in, in street racing and hot right. rod building and stuff. And something that from Jump Street I've always hated is a, is a fiberglass kit car. I don't care if it's oh a high God. boy, a oh low buy, God. or a Willie's so or whatever. You, yeah. They're uh-huh. they're in I I'm gonna be dirty here for a second and tell you that if I'm going to build a car, I want a car that has a soul in it. I want a car that some fifteen year or sixteen year old kid took his back took his girlfriend in the backseat and 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 found out what was under her skirt. I yeah. want a car that had mom's yeah. groceries in the trunk and even if it's a sixty nine Plymouth satellite with a four forty oh, and an automatic, you. I want there to have been grocery bags in that car once a week, the turkey rolling around, dad yeah. smoking cigarettes in it. There's you know what I mean? That's no, to I, me, I that's what, what I, I want. I so when I see even knowing that and knowing that I want to the reason why I want an S and S knuckle is because I know it'll be pretty much it's going to be easy. Just install it, put it in there. Right. Cause I know that I do value what you've done and I don't want to, I don't want to kill that. Cause I know that I sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't, I don't dislike the 93 inch knuckle from, from SNS, but it's not a knucklehead. So yeah, I, I'm not conflating that,
1: bigger. you know what yeah. I mean?
0: But you guys yeah. are authentic and you, and you do a very good job of that. And, and my hats off to your group of guys that all you guys have your own show circuit you know, you got the congregation you got mama tried you got born free now yeah. there's born free texas you guys are yeah. driving the industry and you're driving it in an authentic manner that you don't have to wear affliction jeans and have a floppy hat and go to wet t-shirt no. contests and yeah. you understand what i'm saying like that was what i came up in yeah.
1: and uh and and i That's i really it.
0: applaud you guys
1: but listen, man, and I, and I did too, and I think that's, you know, I, listen, I mean, we always rode to Sturgis. I've done Sturgis a, a ton of years, and, and, you know, I'll just use that as an example of some of the, the stuff you're talking about that does still live there, but also is, it's how you take it in. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's how you, you know, all the years at Sturgis, there was a lot of stuff too where I was just like, oh God, this is like, you know, and my old man, which was an old school biker coming up, my stepdad, I mean, he even stopped going because he's just like, it's lost, it's lost everything. And it was like, but for me, it was still going, it was still weeding through all that. And it's still finding these amazing people, these amazing bikes yeah. and, and what you take away from it. And, and that's where I am pumped with the industry. There's so many amazing shows that are showcasing bikes, right? Showcasing builders, right? In this intimate side of the craft and the trade not just like you said, Hey, a bunch of bikes out there and all this weird shit going on. That's like, why, why are we doing this? It's about the bikes. Right. Right. And so I think, I think it's about the people though too and the relationships. Oh God. Yeah, it is. And that's where the craft is trying to keep this craft going on, trying to keep kids excited about doing something with their hands and not just the tech industry. And, you know, and there's so many things that are happening that, you know, I just feel like it's super important to have that, that, hey, you can still be a builder, you can still be a metal shaper, you can still be a craftsman and, and make money and still still be able to be okay, you know? I yeah. think that's an important part of the legacy that I want to push on to my boy and, and to this industry of, hey, man, it's not easy. It's taken a long time. You got to go through ups and downs and struggles. But if you truly are pl- passionate about being a craftsman, you can make it work and you can do what you want to do in life. You just got to work hard for
0: it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would love to have a conversation with your dad or, or to tell you that, you know, there's lots of bad neighborhoods in this country. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people that are from those bad neighborhoods remember when those bad neighborhoods were good neighborhoods. I mean, Compton, More California amazing. was a good neighbor, was a good neighborhood at one time. And so my answer is, is how do you make a bad neighborhood good? A bunch of good people move into it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so, um, what I would say is to your dad is like, look, Sturgis can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I feel like you, uh, looking at these pictures and talking with you and, and knowing the circles that you travel in, I feel like you're of the, you're in the group of people that try to not take any more than they need out of the room that they're in and leave yeah. things b- be well, better than yeah. leave things better than way they, the way they found it and i appreciate guys like you that this you know you said this is a this is a wartime motor we know how hard those are to get if you're trying to find one and we understand why that is and that's because we needed all the metal to build bombs to go stop yeah. the nazis yeah. and so yeah that's yeah. the soul this motorcycle has the soul of that time period and You used tools and skills that were developed and honed in this country during that same time. And so my hats are off to you, man. You've done a fantastic job on this engine. Uh, You've done a fantastic job on the motorcycle build. You're doing a fantastic job creating a new company that we're all going to be able to be proud to to say that we we saw it come up. And I appreciate it, man, very, very much. I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I appreciate the fact that you're willing to give, give shouts to people that, that inspire you
1: and you still get inspired, right? That's the fucking oh, main God. thing. I mean, the day you don't get inspired is the day you stop, man. You know, and I take that, you know, everywhere I go, the people I meet, the things I look at, so many people ask me, well, where'd you get this idea? Where'd this come from? And it's, I just don't, it's, it's living life. Everything inspires me. You know, there's, there's been like when I did the black gypsy shovel head, you know, that was based off when we were in Austin, Texas for the handle show an amazing building we went in and had cocktails in this bar and it was like holy fuck this architect is blowing me away right now and that was a big part of the reason why did that tank you know and it doesn't have to be you know you you can take inspiration from anywhere absolutely a rolling hill could be oh look at that line fuck that looks cool and like you said and then it goes even deeper on the people you meet and experiences you have along the way but yeah, man. If you if you start just building bikes to just try to build bikes to just do it because it's cool or to try to make money, it's probably not going to go well for you it's a hard
0: thing to do <laughs> I, w- I wish there was somebody to tell me that you know 19 years it's, ago when i started it's hard yeah,
1: it is hard harder. you know
0: i mean i came about it i came about it authentically as you could it was something that i wanted to do with my dad and i did but i i yeah. you know it i learned a lot of hard lessons and those are the only way i think you ever really take anything away i can show you how hard oh i can Like you can tell your son that that burner's hot and until yeah. he tries yeah. to put his hand on it He's not going to know that it's hot. And hopefully he pulls his hand away as he feels the heat when he's getting close. But, man, I'm telling you. Hey, listen.
1: (laughs) Listen, man. I was one of the rowdiest, most stubborn shits out there. And I grew up hard. I grew up tough in Wyoming. And I was always the hard way to learn, dude. Always. And like you said, though, it's how I learned. It's how you grow. And, And that's how you're able to fight through the hard times as well and not give up, man.
0: Well, I do appreciate it, man. Listen, I'm so excited this is going to be in the next issue of, of Cycle Source, but more than that, I'm 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 glad that you had time to take and spend with me today to uh, to talk to us here on the Garageville podcast and I'm really looking forward to I hope I get to meet you here sometime in the next year and I'll, and I'll be looking for everything else that you guys do and uh, tell everybody where they can find you out online.
1: Um this is going to be americanmetalcustoms.com. Um, you can get there and that's our website, you know, which we're going to redo that's kind of in the working, but yeah, you can see everything there. Um, American metal uh, custom on Instagram, Facebook. And then my, my personal page is uh, Joshua eight, seven, eight, seven. And so you can check out all of our stuff on all those that drives everything and what we're doing next. And it's going to be a big year for us. Um, building a new project for uh born free this year, which I'm super excited about. And, Yeah, man, we're just going to keep on rocking and rolling. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so very, very much, dude. Yeah, man, appreciate your time. It's an honor. Thank
0: you. Have a great day. Thanks, man.